Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. You know, it should, every Sunday it should uh, kind of call to your attention how many children we have at this church. Because when the kids leave us, like a hundred people leave the room. It's really remarkable. So hopefully you're at a table with people that uh, maybe a few you know, but hopefully at least one or two you don't know that well. And it'll be an opportunity just for you to get to know a couple other people that normally your paths might not cross. Uh, I want to remind you, if you don't have one already, um, please do wear a name tag. And if you're one of the cool kids in school who put the name tag behind your back or down low or under your jacket, that is a, a no-no because we can't have x-ray vision and we don't want to be staring down at your waistline and things like that. So the purpose of this is not for you. It's not a fashion statement. It's a useful thing for others to actually know what to call you other than chief or pal or buddy or something like that. And so please display your name tag proudly today. And if we could ask you to do so, keep it on the whole time you're at the high school. Take it off when you leave so you don't look like a dork at a restaurant. But, you know, please do keep it on the whole time you're here so that we can learn your name. Just take a moment, look around your table. If you see somebody with a name tag violation, just lovingly encourage them. What's your name, dude? Chief. Just call him Chief until they put their name tag on. Just call him Chief. All right. Thank you so much. The reason we do these Connection Sundays is because we realize that with the theater-style seating where we're just seated in rows looking forward, what happens up here seems to be the, the main show, the, the center of attention. And as a result, we can go for months at the church and realize, I don't even know who's sitting next to me. And if you go to a community group, you'll get to know about 10 to 20 people pretty well. But there'll be a lot of people who you'll see every Sunday. The face is familiar, but you're like, man, it's weird to go to church with someone for five years and not even know their first name. Uh, we don't want that to persist at our church. And what's even worse is sometimes you meet someone, have a significant conversation, and for the next three months you're like, oh, this is so embarrassing. What was that person's name? Uh, and that's kind of, it's, it's an awkward thing. And so when you see that name tag, it's just another reinforcement. Um, I can't memorize everyone's name, but I'm learning step by step. All right, so does that make sense? What we do on Connection Sundays is whoever's up here gives a very short sermon. right. Then for the rest of the time, you guys get to talk to each other and share a little something about yourselves. Today, I want to share a brief word from Ephesians 4.25. And the key phrase in that verse is this line, we are members of one another. When you hear the word member or membership, what comes to mind? What do you think of when you think of membership? I mean, maybe... Maybe, um, here, here's the verse, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. This is found in a section of scripture where Paul is giving lots of recommendations for how church life should be. And then he gives as his core reason, because we are members of one another. Everything he tells the church to do, it's because of this reason, we are members of one another. So what does that mean to you, member? Maybe when you hear the word member, um, you think of this, right? Uh, I know at least one person in this church 
completely thinks of this um, whenever they think membership. Maybe you think of something like this. Uh, I, this is one of my favorite memberships I have. I'm so happy about this. And then maybe, a little more guilt-producing, you're a member of this. But if you really think about it, and maybe especially this last one, in our culture today, what really does membership even mean? How deep does it run when we think about membership, and this is what comes to mind, is a discount shopping club, an airline rewards program, a fitness club that we saw once when we went to get our ID picture taken and have not seen the inside of that building for months since. Really, what is a membership to us today? What does that word mean? I I don't think our culture uses the word member in a very deep or meaningful way. Uh, Think about it this way. Anybody with $55 can become a member of this, right? Anyone. If you're a real stud, then for 100 bucks you get the black card, and you get more stuff back later. Anybody who buys an airline ticket and has a web connection or a pen can become a member of this. And anybody who makes resolutions on January 1st and has a little money can become a member of this. But think about this. You can be a member of this, Lifetime Fitness, for years, never once use that membership, set foot in the building, and no one will come looking for you as long as the bills that get paid and the checks keep coming, right? As long as they get their money, they will never come looking for you, even if they never see you. So what possibly can the word member mean for us in this present cultural context? I can say one thing's for certain. When God uses the word member, he is never making a shallow statement. When he uses the word member in scripture, he is never talking about something light and superficial and shallow. When he uses the word member, he's talking about more than organizational affiliation. He's talking about being grafted to one another the way body parts are. In fact, the word member in old English usage actually meant body part. That's why when you tear somebody into little pieces, they call it what? Dismemberment. Dismemberment. That's a very ugly and gruesome word. It means literally to cut somebody into pieces, to disconnect things that are supposed to stay connected. And I think that's really useful for us to understand because that is, in fact, what Paul meant exactly when he used the word member. And he said the reason the church ought to live a certain way is precisely because we are grafted to one another the way your arm is grafted to your shoulder. There is a level of connection that goes beyond simply what you feel. It is a statement of what actually is. We catch up to the reality in our hearts. It's not real because we feel it's real. It's real because God says it's so. And over time, as we mature, we will come to appreciate and understand and embrace the reality. It's just like when you become a U.S. citizen. A lot of immigrants become a U.S. citizen as an expedient way to get benefits. But after a while, hopefully, you start to feel some sense of patriotism, some sense of allegiance to this country, not just as a cow whose teats you are milking for good things, but as a place to which you belong. If you're a citizen and you never feel like this is your country, something is broken in your citizenship experience. Something is incomplete. Wouldn't you agree? 
Well, if you're not agreeing, maybe you need to think about that. And that's what it is. To be a member is a reality. It's something that is true, and God defines what that means. And over time, if we grow into it, we will come to appreciate all that that means. I think one of the things that really has cheated us in the American church is that we've come under a culture that believes the only things that are real are the things you feel. So if I don't really feel connected, I'm not connected. And when I feel connected, I am a part of this church. I understand where that reasoning comes from, but that has nothing to do with the scriptural teaching on the church at all. What God says is when he leads you into a body and he grafts you like your arm is connected to your shoulder, this now is your family, your body. You are attached to it at a, at a level that you will not right away understand. And over time, as you work out what God has done in your life bringing you here, he will begin to illustrate for you to show your heart all that that's supposed to mean. <clears throat> I think one of the other illustrations used to speak about the interconnectedness of the people at a church is family. And I think that's helpful as I just wrap this up. Think about your family. Are you 100% crazy all the time about your family? Your family of origin, your parents, your siblings, your children. Are you always the number one fan of everything they say and do and stand for? <laughs> no. No, you're not. I don't think any of us are. Every once in a while, your family, maybe more than every, maybe every day, your family will do something that just makes you go, why couldn't I have been born to other people? Why is this my family? But even as you say those things, you lament and you grieve, the, the idea of family is this. It stinks and it's frustrating because what, you, got no other, you can't trade it in for another one. This is your family. Like it or not, with all its imperfections, these are the people I came from. These are the people I will be buried by. This is my family, like it or not. And so even though you're not crazy about everything your family does, you don't think, well, let me just cancel them out and just move on. It's very rare that happens because with family, we assume connection and we work through it. In fact, part of the reason families survive is because we have that assumption already made. Where else am I going to go? You're my family. Now, once in a while, family does break apart. It's never a happy thing. It's never a good thing when that happens. We all grieve over the breakdown of a family, and no one involved in it ever claps and says that was exactly what we hoped for. It's always a sign of something that has gone wrong, and it hurts. And so one of the things we learn from that is the idea of family can be powerful. You don't start with how you feel. You start with the presumption that we are not going anywhere. We are connected to each other for the rest of our lives. And because we're so connected... We will work through the irritations and the conflicts and the imperfections. Yesterday we played soccer, and I know that I, I may have been uh, a bit of an irritant to some of the people playing with me and watching me because I didn't grow up playing soccer. I'm not all that familiar with the rules. I was sliding, kicking. I had the youth group kids over there. I was basically beating the living daylights out of most of the youth group kids. And I'm sure playing soccer with me yesterday would have eroded a little respect for me. I understand that. I was going to bed last night, reflecting on my day, and that thought came flooding in. This is what God does sometimes when you're pastors. He doesn't let you hide anywhere. He goes, you want to know about your day? This is what you smelled like today. 
And I saw it. I smelled it. It didn't smell good. And I thought, how great, though, that even though I, I made a spectacle of myself, we're family. And the people that were playing with me were really gracious. And even though it's hard for them to listen to the next couple sermons, they'll keep listening. Because where else are you going to go? This is our family. And I think there's a power in that of saying, you know, I'm not really that happy about what you just did. But your family, what are we going to do? We have to work through this. I can't just pull the plug on you and find another family. I will work through this. Why? Because we are members of one another. The way your arm is a member of your body. And for us to separate and just walk away is no small thing. It's a tragedy when somebody is dismembered. And so with that in mind, with that picture of what the church really should be and could be, Here's what I'm going to ask us to do at our table time. We're not going to have a typical small group discussion where we, where we have this objective topic and we talk about our opinions. I, I, I don't want to do that today. I don't want us to talk about ideas and topics. I want us to see each other at the table. Sometimes when you have a discussion, what happens is all you see in the other person is an opinion. You don't see a human being there. I want you to see the person sitting at the table with you. So here's what we're going to do today, Okay. You're going to share at your tables, and we have about 45 minutes to do this, okay? You're going to sit at your tables and share one story. Begin with a quick introduction. My name is Dave. I've been here for 18 years, and this is who I am. I'm married to this. So just in case you're sitting next to somebody, let everyone know that's my spouse. Please don't ask him out on a date, that kind of thing. Um, So just kind of introduce yourself, and then share one thing. And I'll ask you to share one of three things. Either a story from your past that will help the people at the table get a sense of where you've come from, who you are, what makes you the way you are. Okay, one story. It doesn't have to be the defining story, but just one story. Like I remember when I, I, I saw Scott Choi at a men's retreat hold his breath for like 18 minutes, and then I found out he was in the Navy. Oh, okay. That, make, that makes sense now. I thought maybe he was a merman, but makes sense now. So a story that, that opens up, here's a little something about me that if you knew it, you kind of brought more into my world. Or a story unfolding in your presence, something happening now which helps people understand what you're going through, what your life looks like at this moment. And that might be a good occasion even to invite some people to pray for you if what you're sharing is really hard to walk through. And then finally, and this, this may seem unusual, but a story from your future, and I don't mean like something that's going to happen because you're like Nostradamus, but I mean like something about your future, a hope, a dream, an ambition that helps people understand what it is you're aiming for, what you hope will happen in the days ahead. And sometimes that is one of the greatest ways to get to know and understand a person is to hear what they long for or believe will happen someday. And so share one of those things. And as each person's sharing, instead of tuning them out and thinking about what you're going to share, Stare at them. Look right at, listen to what they're saying because there's a human being and a whole story behind what is being shared. And do your best for the moment to think about these people at your table and watch God resolve them into a clear picture of a person, a life, a story. As you're winding down, um, I said you have about 45 minutes. At at the about 35-minute mark, when there's maybe 7 to 10 minutes remaining, you're going to notice that there's some 
some stuff for communion at your table. There's a plate covered with tissue and a bottle of grape juice. Please don't nibble on that as a snack. If you're new, you know that that's not um, refreshments. That's for communion. And the way we're going to do communion today is we're going to do it at the tables. So I'll invite the table leader just to um, begin circulating the elements. And here's how you'll do it is you'll just ask the person next to you, would you like to take communion today? And if they would like to do so, then just pour the the juice into the cup sparingly because there's only that one bottle for your whole table. Okay? And then pass the plate of, what is it today? Is it bread or crackers? Okay? Bread. And so each person will get served. You don't have to take communion. If you are not yet in a, in a um, relationship with Jesus Christ and you don't feel comfortable doing that, we, we want to say to you, that's okay. You just say, no, today I'm not going to take it. If you don't feel ready in your heart to take it, you don't have to take it. But we will invite you to go around the table and serve each other. And then when everyone's been served, take the elements together at the same time. And then just somebody can pray for the table. And then we'll come back up and gather everyone together for a final song. All right? And so what is... 45 minutes, I'm really bad. So 11.40 is when we want to be done with everything and singing our last song, okay? So let me just pray for you as you go into table time. God, thank you for these bi-monthly opportunities for us to really look at each other and become the church. We pray for divine appointments where we will sit at a table today with somebody we needed to be together with. That you will open our eyes and our hearts to one another so that behind the face in the name of the opinions and the words, we see a life and a person begin to take shape. Help us to love one another and be connected to each other as members of the same body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.